0: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hello, everybody. And thank you for listening in on another episode of Cinema Files Radio. I'm giddy today because my radio is not working. I can play my music, turn it down a little lower, and actually talk. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you very much for joining us today on Cinema Files Radio. We've got some great guests today. Robin Steffen from The Lucky from Phase 2, from Naked Zombie Girl, close friend of our group, here today to join us. We love him. Great sense of humor. Can't wait to have him on. Thank you, Robin, in advance for joining us today. We took a little hiatus. want to go through the holidays, you know, and enjoy myself. I don't want to think too hard about anything else. Unless you know how it is with guests and what have you. It's very difficult to get guests around the holidays. Everybody's jumping around and mixing around, and Sundays are often taken by family, so... Why not take it off for ourselves? We had a great time. How was your holidays? How was your Easter? Or not your Easter. <gasps> How was your Christmas? Your Hanukkah? Your Kwanzaa? How was your New Year's? Did you already break your New Year's resolution? 2015? Not to eat that one thing. Not to drink that one thing. Did you already break that thing? Call us up. 657-383-1444. 383 1444, and the area code is 657. I'm very grateful for you guys listening today. I couldn't wait to be back on the air. A lot of cool news, a lot of cool movie news going around today. This week, last month. First of all, congratulations to Shane Graham and Boyhood, Richard Linklater, which won a plethora of awards at the Golden Globes. Have you listened to the two episodes he was on? You'll see, I called it. That movie was going to be a hit. It's obviously a hit. It It was revolutionary. See, very few times the movies ever take that next step, that next level of pushing filmmaking to a revolutionary style. Now, people often will think it's subject matters. It's not necessarily subject matter. Sometimes it's pacing, timing, the way you put a film together. Just look at Quentin Tarantino. First time you ever saw Pulp Fiction... That was very difficult to kind of understand his pacing and timing. Everything was out of sync, if you will. So it was a beautiful film, but it kind of confused you at first. Like what's, what's happening here? I don't, I don't quite understand. You see Bob Lerman plays with, with time as well. When you look at Boyhood, Boyhood is literally playing with time by filming through different decades of these children's lives. It's incredible how it works out. The coordination, Ethan Hawke, and Richard Arquette are in the film. I and mean, they're incredible. Bringing the family together. Bringing the movie together. Making it cohesive. Richard Linklater making it cohesive. And I love Shane Graham and He was great. So it was a really fantastic movie. Boyhood. Boyhood by Richard Linklater. Watch it. Watch it. So congratulations to Shane Graham. We're looking forward to some awesome things from you. Other movie news. Have you seen Inherent Vice by P.T. Anderson? No, I got a lot of bad reviews on Fandango. Not that I trust them, but I got a couple bad reviews for some people. I don't understand what your bad reviews are about. You know, Some people were saying it was boring. Some people were saying it was highfalutin. Some people were saying I kept an open mind. Well, if you kept an open mind, then you would have enjoyed it. I saw it in the 70mm uh, print at the Arclight in Hollywood. and I enjoyed it. No, no, no. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Going from the master to this film, I think Joaquin Phoenix's performance was brilliant. Josh Brolin was brilliant in this film. Pete Anderson's flavor of timing and cinematics and, and script and dialogue just came through. It was the closest to Magnolia that I've seen a film that he's made since. It is really a fantastic... So Inherent Vice... That is a fantastic, fantastic movie. So we have Boyhood, we have Inherent Vice, and the next movie I'm going to tout its claim for, which is, a, well first let me get to a negative, <laughs> before I get to that last positive. Uh, American Sniper. Okay, I did not like this film at all, not even a little. Bit. And if people think they're going to get an Oscar for doing this film, good luck. First of all, Russell Brand's, or not Russell Brand, but uh, David O. Russell's film was not, to me, anything special. It was not like a Hurt Locker. And I felt like the acting was subpar. I mean, you can act like, you know, Sling Blade all day long. And by the way, now that I said Sling Blade, try watching that film again, not thinking that he was acting like Sling Blade (laughs) the entire time. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, got got a Sling Blade here, got to peel me some potatoes, got to shoot me somebody out of my sniper scope. He had no personality. I mean, the time that Sienna Miller has more personality than, than the main characters beyond my comprehension. So, yeah, I, I did not like that movie at all. At all. I was greatly disappointed by that. But uh, David O. Russell's been slipping. I mean, Silver Linings Playbook was a good film. The wrestler was okay. But he's, you know, Ired Huckabees I really enjoyed. Uh, but he's one of those people that's very aggressive and very, I would say, mentally ill, personally incredibly mentally ill. You ever want to see how David O. Russell treats people, watch YouTube and type in David O. Russell and you'll see a bunch of things on Lily Tomlin and, and, uh, and, uh. <laughs> and when he cusses at Lily Tomlin, Lily Tomlin is a Hollywood legend. That's, that's pretty insane to me. So, yeah, I did not, I did not like, I did not like the film at all, American Sniper, at all. So, I would suggest seeing that through a copy or renting it or waiting for it to come out on cable Trust me on this one. It's not special. It's not fantastically acted. It's not fantastically paced. The music isn't great. Uh, the story isn't fantastic. It doesn't have much of a resolution. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me to a certain extent as being an Oscar-worthy film. so I, I personally would skip it. Now, by what does that mean? Go see the film anyways. Who cares what a person thinks about a movie? Go see it. Enjoy it. I personally did not like it. So the first movie... Uh, second movie, Inherent Vice. Third movie is going to be American Sniper. What was that first movie? I'm sorry, my, my memory is starting to lapse today. Oh, just, so the, the fourth movie that I really really enjoyed was Birdman, Michael Keaton. That was a great great movie. I don't want to say a lot about about it, but it it, it very much is in the Terry Gilliam fashion of storytelling. Very much like Brazil. It's the pacing is a little off. It it Goes into fantasy, but is the fantasy a real thing? Where are we going with this? It's it's really an incredible film. Michael Keaton. They're saying that Michael Keaton's performance is is revolutionary or the best that he's ever done or yada yada yada. I would kind of agree with that. I would kind of agree with that. But I would say that he's acting a lot like Beetlejuice. That's not a bad thing. It's been so far apart from him playing Beetlejuice, it does feel like Beetlejuice to me a little bit. And by the way, the first film was Boyhood by Richard Linklater. So, Boyhood right there, and you have you know, American Sniper that I didn't very much, very much like. Inherent Vice that I did very much like, and then Birdman that I very, very much enjoyed as well. I, I, I watched Foxcatcher. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it was a little long in the tooth. It's definitely a first-time watcher, but not a bad film. So these are the, the the films that I've been watching lately that I, that I enjoy. Inherent Vice, I've seen literally five times now. So I, I love that film. And like I said, coming from the master, the movie The Master, and going to an Inherent Vice, you can see why Joaquin Phoenix was nominated for an Oscar. Quite easily, as a matter of fact. So it's incredible. It's an incredible film. So those are my opinions. Those are my opinions on films and what I think of, of movies that, I, that I've seen lately. I, They'll change through time, just like Blade Runner changed for a lot of people as well. When it first came out, they had one opinion. Later on, they had another. Uh, Will I change my mind about American Sniper? No, I will not. (laughs) I thought the movie was a bit of a a piece of garbage, personally. But that's just my personal opinion. So what's some cool, cool news coming out of Hollywood this week? Something that's hard to find, hard to hear, all those things. Maybe you live in North Dakota and you don't get all the news. You watch E! Entertainment and that's where you get it from. So what news came out this week? Spider-Man most likely is going over to Marvel. By the way, when I mean most likely, I mean by an 80 percentile, it's going over to Marvel. They have two scripts right now for Captain America Civil War. One that has the Black Panther as being the person who takes off his mask. And the other one that has the Black Panther and Spider-Man. And Spider-Man will take off his mask. So we, we don't know which one they're going to take. We don't know which one they're going to go with. I'll bet you a million bucks that they're aiming towards the Spider-Man one right now. Why is Sony selling a percentage or a perspective of the rights back to Marvel? Well, for instance, Marvel can make a billion-dollar Spider-Man movie. And with the conditions that Sony gives them, they'll make all their money back, including some, based on a movie that they didn't even have to put money into. Because they know that Marvel has the package. They know that they have the audience. So instead of making four stinkers or five stinkers, they can make one great Marvel movie and make more money than they've ever made before. And it's mostly because they're not participating in the economic value of it. So think about that for a second. That's incredible. I know it to a lot of people. that A lot of people don't, don't know, don't understand that X-Men's at 20th Century Fox and Spider-Man is at Sony and all the rest of them are at Marvel. Marvel Disney, you know? And you want to get, at least now, now you want to get Spider-Man over. So you, I originally told you an argument, and I stand by my argument, that spreading out these franchises was a smart thing to do. It forced Marvel, it forced all these other companies to look at what were their projects, what were their films, what do they have in the docket. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy would never have come out if they had a Spider-Man. Why would it? Why would they venture into the Inhumans if they have Spider-Man? So it was almost like character competition. It was really nice, and for a while there, it did spread it out nicely. Now, when you see X Men: Last Stand by Brett Ratner, of course you go, "Wow, it should go back to Marvel." Not necessarily. They had stumble. They went back on with X Men: First Class, but with Spider Man, they had five chances, and they blew it. They were even going to do a standalone, <laughs> a standalone uh, uh, Aunt May story. I mean, come on. When you're going to do a standalone Aunt May story, that's not like a standalone Yoda film. Guests, please call in. 657-383-1444. Our excellent guest, Robin Stefan, is waiting for us right now. I would love to hear some news from you. You can type some things in here in our, in our chat line as well. I'd love to hear some questions about his maybe his white tidy pants and the lockie. But thank you very much for listening today. So... That is my thing about Spider-Man. I I really cannot wait for the news to come out that he's going over to Marvel. So everybody can celebrate finally. And we can see Spider-Man the way that Spider-Man was meant to be done by Marvel. See, I grew up with with Spider-Man. Spider-Man was, to me, the antithesis of every kind of teenage boy. Were You know, super smart, or at least smart for his age. Um, Not very strong, but strong at will. And then along the way, he becomes the person he's supposed to be. When you watch the last ones with Andrew Garfield, that that guy does parkour, he jump across walls, he is kind of charismatic and kind of cute, and it's it's really kind of a weird storytelling. So, oh by the way, I heard one of the, one of the reasons why uh, Andrew Garfield was uh, was why they wanted to fire him, and this came out with the Sony leaks, was that when the Sony president in Japan. Ended the meeting for, I guess, Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man 2 or whatever. He stood up. And before the Japanese president could stand up, Andrew Garfield stood up. And from that point on, he wanted him fired. So that's a, that's a very interesting concept right there. Like, to a certain extent, he didn't understand the respect level of the, the, the environment that he was in. So the big news right now is Spider-Man is going over to Marvel. We're going to find out that news this Week. Stay tuned. All right, we're going to bring on our first guest today, uh, Robin Stephan Wheat. We love this guy. He's been in lots of projects throughout our lives here. Uh, Just to name off a few, we've been Lackey, Golden California, Phase 2, Spooked, The Blackwater Vampire, uh, Naked Zombie Girl that just came out, Spare Change, movies that are coming out very soon, which is Home Free the Movie and In Brick Madness. We've been looking forward to having this guest on for a long time. Let's, uh, let's all welcome Robin Steph. Robin, hello there. Hey, we love you. How are you doing, my friend?
2: <laughs> How's it? Very well, yourself.
1: Very good, thank you. So we've been trying to get you on the show for a, for a long time. You're you're one of our favorites. Every time we 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 do like a red carpet, we can't wait for you to be on on the red carpet because you have such a great sense of humor. You're very affable. You're very friendly. Let me ask you a question before we get into all the history and all that other junk. Do you find it to be an advantage in, in, in the medium that you're in that, that you are as nice as you are and that, and that you do work well with people?
2: Uh, you know, um, I've just, I guess I've always been kind of a people person, so it's always definitely helped out. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the backstory of how phase two came along, but if it wasn't for that kind of personality trait, you know, phase two probably would have never happened, which wouldn't have led to the lackey, which wouldn't have led to all this and everything. So, right. yeah, I feel like a great advantage I have is, you know, being that kind of people person. So.
1: And Robin, the first time I ever met you was, was on the lackey filming. Uh, you're one of our characters in the film. But going back, was it always a drive of yours to be to be an actor or, or did you have other aspirations when you were young?
2: Actually, no, um, it wasn't, uh, my initial dream. Um, I actually wanted to be a cook. I wanted to be a pastry cook growing up. And, um, I grew up in Las Vegas. Um, I worked in hotels and, uh, I did cook for a while. Um, and then at some point my life switched over and I started, uh, being a valet. And I realized that I made way more money working for tips (laughs) than I did being a cook. And that kind of crushed my dreams Mm -hmm. of doing that. And then at some point I just, um, I got over living in Las Vegas and uh, one of my best friends and my roommate, Reggie, uh, he got me into doing improv in Las Vegas. And eventually that kind of consumed my life. And at some point it was just time to go.
1: So you did improv. How, how was improv? Cause that, that, that is the, one of the most difficult things to do as an actor, because you have to just think off the, off the board or someone say, shock, I do a whole thing on this.
0: <laughs> so you're yeah. yeah I mean, that's, the
1: foot. How that?
2: <laughs> it's good. I mean, that's, that's all I know. That's, it's me that's my life that's been my life um i've been doing improv for nine years now um that's what took me into wanting to be an actor and that's what brought me to la um everything that i've learned and you know how to be a better person i even want to say all came from doing improv i mean so many amazing people i've been surrounded by some of the most intelligent people and people that really push you and make you try harder you know to me there's nothing better
1: so, Wait, was there anybody in particular were there any gu guiders or mentors in particular that were there in that that one group that propelled you even further or, or was it pretty much just oh, a whole group kind of atmosphere
2: i mean i have so many teachers i could list off that really just pushed me i mean my one of my biggest mentors and my still current coach and uh uh brian james o'connell uh is just one of the best human beings in the world um Funny story that I'm sure we'll get into with, when we get to Lackey stuff, but uh, the gentleman that played uh, uh, Jean-Baptiste, uh, Mark, him and I used to do a two-man show together with this uh, same coach uh, doing improv. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you knew how that story came along and everything. but
1: No, I did not.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Mark and I have had a very long history um, before even the Lackey came along. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. It's,
0: yeah
2: he's uh he's one of the best guys i ever met and uh we used to just have a great time uh mark and i so
1: oh, that's awesome so so you started off in vegas you did improv and then what sparked mm-hmm. off the 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 move to move to los angeles
2: well i studied with uh, at the time um second city was in las vegas i used to have a show with the tropicana uh so they had a conservatory out in vegas and uh like i said my my roommate uh reggie he got me into doing it and uh, we started doing improv, and eventually we just, you know, went the course of the conservatory there. And at the end, I was like, I want I want more of this. You know, I want to keep going. Uh, there was nothing else in Vegas. That was just kind of it. So it was pretty much either we were going to move to Chicago and pursue improv there or move to L.A. and, you know, pursue improv here. Um, so right. we we jumped on plane. We went to both, went to Chicago, came to L.A. I could not do Chicago to save my life. The, <laughs> the weather and me don't get along. Uh, so yeah. we just decided, yep, we're coming to L.A., it's still close enough to home. And, yeah, we just got up and up and went. And then I've, you know, studied yeah. um, I.O. West out here, studied Second City out here, studied UCB out here. So just mm. kept it going. How long
1: How long were you doing things out here until you got maybe your first notice or your first break or somebody first noticed that, that you as an actor are, are, are worth something different than everybody else? How long did it take for well, you I mean, when you first got out here?
2: That was the I mean the first break was phase two, and that was probably it was a while I mean I want to say it was probably three and a half years in wow, maybe closer to That's four, good. yeah, it took a while, I mean but it's such a tough city to get acclimated to, you know, and I've been told that, and I've seen oh. it happen to a hundred people at this point and everything and it it really is i mean especially coming from somewhere like las Vegas, which it is it's very cheap to live right. there, it's very easy to live there, and then you move here, and it's like. Wow. Okay, like <laughs> it's real now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The game is on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know <laughs> they say it takes about a year to get acclimated, and I, I agree. It took me about about a year to really get on my feet, and then you know just kept pushing and pushing, and eventually it worked
0: out.
1: Well, I see that one of your your, your first ever clips was a population, population suicide, and that was a mm-hmm. short that you did in two thousand eight. Did you do that out yeah. here in L.A. or did you do that? Yeah.
2: yeah i did it was um one of my good friends uh cory pendergast who's uh he's an actor out here um he had some some success early on and everything it was a short that he did and it was like my first you know experiences uh you know doing some actual on camera acting it wasn't anything too crazy but uh it was such a great experience and uh i got to work with some great friends and
1: everything so yeah so that was a lot of fun yeah, how how different was it to transfer over from being a play and, and you know you have that blocking where you, you have to face a stage and you know you know how to present yourself. But how different was it from going from a stage play or going from an audience to going to a camera?
2: I you know it's it's funny because I always found it very easy. Um it kind of just always worked for me. Uh like I understand stage well, I, I don't have a hard time finding the camera at all. It just kind of it all just fit naturally to me. Uh you know, I've, I always say, you know, some people are made for certain things. I could never play basketball in my life. I'm five foot four. It's never going to happen. But you know, just being on camera works for me. It's just, it always has, and you know, I hope I can keep it going, and it always will.
1: Yeah, you're you're incredibly photogenic. It's it's uh, you know, it's amazing when when I meet you. You know, you're, you're, you're a small package. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating that. <laughs> no, not at all. And, and, right? But you're, you're one of the sweetest guys, and, and you're very friendly, and you're very funny, and naturally funny. It, it, it's, it was shocking to see you in certain things and, and to see your attitude change. You don't see that very often in human beings, that especially young actors, for them to be able to make that transformation the way they do. It's, it's quite, quite impressive you went from population suicide, you went into uh, the Deadlines playing Simon. How was that experience like for you?
2: <laughs> the Deadlines was so fun. Uh, that was with Jason Sanders, actually, who, um, you know, Jason uh, and yeah. Blake Hooks. And uh, I don't know if you knew the story behind the Deadlines, but um, they wanted to do a uh, a movie in 24 hours. <laughs> and that's what we did. <laughs> they rented a cabin up in, a, uh, where were we? I can't remember where it was anymore but we rented a cabin and uh we shot the movie beginning to end in 24 hours. And it was quite an experience. Ricky Bird was on that. Um it was uh it was fun but I, I hope I never do that again.
1: Was <laughs> was it was, it, was it, just, so it was tough then, right?
2: It was I'm sorry.
1: So it was tough then, right?
2: Oh, it was very tough. It was good for about the first maybe 16 hours and then it just started dipping off rapidly <laughs> towards, you know, the last few. And, <laughs> More and more rapidly. I just remember one point sitting on the couch and then waking up at some point. <laughs> you just pass out <laughs> anywhere you can, not even realizing it. Uh, I know Blake was caught uh, sleeping, standing straight up against the wall at one point. So oh. it was just, uh, yeah,
1: it was. I know that. Feels, it was yeah. Just yeah. an
2: experience. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's get to the story I, I can wait to get through, which is, you know, when I, when I first met you, I met you on the Lackey movie, and I couldn't wait, wait to meet you on that. Please tell me, how did you get involved with the Lackey movie uh, directed by Sean Piccinino and, and Jason Sanders? Um, how did you get involved in that project and and what you did? Um, you know, what what part were you going for? But let's, let's go back to the original question, which was, how did you get involved?
2: Oh, what's great is, uh, you know, I'm internally grateful for meeting Jason Sanders and, and Sean Piccinino, uh Ricky Bird, all those wonderful people who have been such a big part of my life and have brought me on to so many things. And uh, I got involved with Sean. We had actually met on phase two. Um, and Sean and I, obviously, we had a great friendship right off the bat. And uh, I remember him talking about wanting to do the lackey. Um, I remember, I remember him having like little parts of the uh, script or idea on his phone and we, you know, he'd show little bits and we'd talk about it. And then, um, you know, after phase two was done, it actually came to fruition and, uh, him and Jason got it going. And then, you know, he called me up. I feel like Sean always had the idea that he wanted me to play Gerard. So when it actually came to be, you know, he called me up and asked me if I would do it. And I was more than excited to, um, such a great opportunity i mean my whole background is comedy and i've always loved comedy but in an ideal world i would always love to play the villain the bad guy i love to play the bad guy and that was the first time i ever actually got to do it and actually the last right. time i ever got to do it i haven't played one since unfortunately i keep getting you know that typecast a funny character kind of guy oh, you, but I you, just... you
1: play you, you play a good bad guy i mean the, the funny thing is that the bad guy that has a sense of humor is quite dangerous <laughs> and that's the interesting thing about you as a bad guy is that you have a sense of humor, which means you have a personality, thus charisma, and that's a scary bad guy. You played <laughs> Droid Baptiste in the film, and the thing I noticed from it a lot was was a lot of cussing opposed to the script that we wrote. It was hilarious. But when I, you know, what's funny is that when I, when I looked at a lot of other films, there was way more f words than we ever used in that film. I mean, way more. Yeah. But. Um, so let's, I want to talk about because when people watch the film, everybody watched the Lackey movie, and right now it's on YouTube right now for a dollar ninety nine. It's really awesome, but you'll 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 see you'll see Gerard Baptiste, Baptiste played by uh, Robin Stephanie and he's running down, and he has white pants on, and they change twice. <laughs> Robin, please tell tell us a story about those white pants.
2: <laughs> the story is gonna haunt me forever. <laughs> those pants. So originally the pants fit just fine. Uh, the problem was, is that we had shot the scene where I got shot in the leg first, uh, and of course those pants became soiled and bloodied. And then we had to go back and do a reshoot of me running down the alleyway. Well, <laughs> we realized that we didn't have, the, we couldn't use those pants anymore uh, because there was just no way to salvage them. So we had to make an emergency decision and go to a, um, a thrift store on a whim. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just Ricky and I that went to go buy those. And the only pants that even matched in color. It was this pair that just happened to be too short. So uh, <laughs> watching that scene just cracks me up so much, just running down the running down the alleyway, and the pants are just a little too short. Uh, <laughs> man, that's a great memory. <laughs>
1: it looks a little like forced perspective, you know, that they're getting tighter, they're getting looser. They're getting tighter, they're getting looser.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so tell so so me, you,
1: you, you worked a lot with these characters before in other films, obviously. What was it like working on this film with them as well, being a different character?
0: This film
2: was great. I I had so much fun because, you know, I've I've done a handful of films now. And, you know, normally you'll shoot everything straight through, you know, like phase two. You know, we filmed it straight through. The Lackey, you know, we we filmed it in in sections, basically. So it was great because it was like I got to hang out with my friends over and over and over again rather than just for a long period of time at once. And that's what was so great about that film was it was like we were making a movie, but I was hanging out with my friends, you know, and I got to do it, you know, a weekend a month for, you know, X amount of months. It was, it was so great. You know, we just kept showing up and just doing it. And it was nice to have that different dynamic because um, phase two, Sean and I had totally different, you know, chemistry about who we were. And in this film, yeah, it's just, it was all just, it's so different, just a different learning experience and everything. It was let talk for me a little bit.
1: Let's talk a little about Phase Two because Phase Two is actually the movie that was made before The Lackey, and and we Correct. actually were able to piggyback off the production of the of Phase Two in order to make The Lackey. So so mm-hmm. let, let's let's you know, we actually need to double back a bit in order because Phase Two was actually released in 2013, while The Lackey was released in 2012. So tell me about tell me about Phase Two. How did you get into that film? Because I, I went to go see it. I enjoyed it. It was directed by Jason Sanders. Um, tell me about that project, how did you get involved in that? And then let's go into that leeway and how we shifted over to the lack of black film.
2: Absolutely. Um phase two was so much fun. I just you know, it was such a great first experience in my life. And uh it came about I was actually um a server at a restaurant, you know, it's this story, and uh all those kids came down, you know, Jason, Ricky, uh Matt Thompson, they were all down in LA doing casting and they happened to come into the restaurant I was working at. And um, randomly enough, and how life just kind of works out, it was my day off. And um, one of the girls, she was feeling sick and asked me last minute if I could work. And, you know, it was that whole, I don't want to go to work, I'm being lazy, but I could use the money. So, Mm -hmm. sure, I picked up the shift, went in, wound up taking their table and, you know, just (laughs) was being me. And, uh, you know, just started giving them, them, you know, hell at the table and (laughs) just being that person. They loved it. They ate it up. And by the end, they had asked me, to, like, you know, we're here casting for a movie. Would you like to come in and uh, read for us? And it was that whole, shesh or whatever. Why not, you know, not believing it. But I went in, went in the next day, and uh, they actually had me come in and read for them, and it went very well. Uh, One of my favorite stories is it it was still, you know, kind of early. I was still figuring out the whole acting thing, and uh, I didn't have a headshot yet. So when I went in, they asked me for a headshot, and I was like, oh, I don't have one. So I just took a piece of paper that they had and I drew myself for him, and oh gave him that as my headshot. And I'm pretty sure Jason Sanders still has that lying around somewhere. Still, <laughs> so. <laughs> said he was always going to hold on. They to still film. hired so. you. <laughs> yeah, and they still hired me.
1: Uh, that is incredible. Yeah. Yep. Hey, you play you play Eric Sampson in the film. I, I really liked your character in the film. We we have the incomparable Lauren Parkinson in the film as well. Just Sylvia's in the film as well. Sean Paul Piccinino played Frank Baskin. Tell us about the the movie and who, who did you play and, and how did how did you like? Did you enjoy the film? Tell
2: me. Oh God, I had so much fun on that movie. Um, I still say to this day that's the most fun I've ever had. You know, on a film, it was just such a blast, and the people were amazing. I, you know, I'm still friends with everybody from that. Uh, Matt Phillips uh, was in that movie who I did Brick Madness with, which was great. Um, Break Madness' is Justin McAleese, who I met on that film. Obviously, Sean was in that movie, you know, who we did The Lackey with, and Lauren, and gosh, so many people were in that movie. Just thinking about it now. Just blows my mind. But, yeah, it was, it was definitely and, and we,
1: fun. And we, and we finished, you know, Phase 2, and then how did you transfer over to become the new character in The Lackey? As soon as the production transferred over from Phase 2 to The Lackey, did, would, did Sean just see you and say, you got to be in the film?
0: Well, it,
2: you know, in, in phase two, it was all comedy for myself. I mean, it, it's a dark movie, but uh, Matt Thompson right. and I were picked up to be the, the funny characters, you know, and um, the chemistry between us worked out so well. And that whole film, it, you know, it, our characters definitely worked in that. And then, you know, I don't, I wish I could tell you why Sean saw it in me, but he did, and I'm very grateful that he did because it was. You know, I got to stretch my my acting skill and try something I haven't got to try before that I really wanted to. And Sean thought I could do it, and I'm very grateful that he gave me that chance.
1: Right? You know, there's something about you. I've seen you on several red carpets that has people they want to gravitate in your direction, which is very cool. And one of the reasons why is that you're very nice, you're affable, you're friendly, you always have a sense of humor, and uh, quite honestly, uh, actors are have a tendency to be a bit moody. I think we both know this. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> do, you, do you find that your your personality and your attitude takes you further than perhaps other people? Not to, be, not to compare or to compete with other people, but do you find that it works in your benefit more in this industry?
2: You know, I, it, there's nothing more enjoyable to me than seeing people smile. And, you know, it, I still, you know, serve in bartend tables and I actually really enjoy it because I like seeing people have a good time. It really just makes me happy. And, you know, I always believe no matter how bad of a day I'm having or anything, there's no reason to ever project that on somebody else. And I just, you know, doing a red carpet and just people want to talk to you and just be around you and seeing them happy to have that opportunity. is It's so filling. And, you know, there's no better feeling. And that's to me, one of the biggest parts about being an actor and why I want to be an actor is I, I just want to make people's day better. I just want to see people smile. You know, we're, in a world where there's not always the best things going on, and people have you know hard times, and it's just great to see to, to bring some joy to somebody's life, and you know should always be able to do that no matter what.
1: That's a great attitude. So, you, so you, you right after phase two, we went into Spook, the TV mini series where you played Jonathan. So you yeah, went yeah. from movies to, to right to episodic television here. What was that experience like?
2: Oh, that was great. Um, that was with, uh, Steve Borzicello, um, who's, a, um he's kind of in this group as well. Uh, he's kind of mixed in. I doubt you've ever met him. I don't think anything you've worked on with us, but he's a good friend with, uh, Jason Sanders and all them as well. Um, that was really great. That kind of came up as another comedy where I played, um, I played a, uh, a, a vampire, like a more innocent sort of vampire that, uh, winds up moving in with two roommates. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun to do. And, uh, yeah, we we almost got it uh, picked up. It got some nice rounds going on and just didn't work out, you know. But it was uh, another good experience and you know, more comedy obviously.
1: I see I see twenty million dollar, you know, shows not make it much less, you know, a, another show. <laughs> so yeah, so how's the exactly. cards almost got like picked up by Netflix you know? So so we're looking we're working up your list and you, you have yeah. so many things. Like like the Blackwater vampire i I yeah. want to know about these things because that, that that's that's quite kind of kind of a uh, kind of a leap there so how was that how was filming that film i'm I'm looking at this stuff right now it's hilarious it you was know. so documentary <laughs> documentary film created by so tell me about it please
2: yeah um I worked with a gentleman this came up too because of improv um a gentleman named uh, Jesse Beger who I had met um uh, going on a just a random audition a uh, great guy who's also you know been in my life a couple of times he was the one that got me on board with um Day of the Mummy as well. Uh went in and didn't a completely improvised reading for him. Uh worked out very well. He asked me to come in. He actually had me help him with the rest of the casting process um on that film. And uh yeah, that we filmed that up in Big Bear. That was a, that was my first tough uh filming experience. We filmed up in Big Bear in the it was like the middle of December and it was just freezing cold and we were filming it. You know all hours of the night and snow up to my knees, which is probably like most people's shins, but uh just <laughs> uh, just just freezing cold work environments and running around in the forest it was a lot of fun, but it was that was definitely the most tiresome trying film I've done up to this point um horror movie, you know it was uh found footage style, so having that whole just running around in the woods being free and crazy was a lot of fun, a lot a lot of fun.
1: You, you you've compiled a lot of a lot of different acting gigs in such a short period of time. If anybody checks out your IMDb, they'll, they'll see that you've actually compiled like quite a list in, in a short period. What what do you contribute to that? Do you, do you attribute, you know your drive, your 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 loving for the for the atmosphere or for the for the craft. What what is the thing that drives you? Yeah, you
2: know, I've been very fortunate. I'm going to give it up to that, just good fortune. Pretty much everything that I've done has, you know, derived from a single place. Everybody has called me in for stuff at this point. I mean, the only things that I've really stretched out to get picked up for something new would have been Phase 2 at the very beginning, and then um, uh, Blackwater Vampire. Past that, everything else has been people calling me back to work with them again, or somebody calling me from an offshoot of something else to come work on that project. Which is great and how I'm seeing, you know, that's a great way that it works for you. Um, you know, so many things came out of phase two. I mean I can I can say the deadlines came from phase two, the lackey came from phase two, uh you know, Break Madness came from phase two, home free. It's it's just crazy how it all you know, just everything's just an offshoot of something else.
1: So it, is, it is who you know to a certain extent and who you are with those people.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, I mean, I a zombie girl came out of that as well.
1: Nice. Yeah. You know, that's something that, that uh, I've heard a lot of very successful people say, is don't burn any bridges, keep the bridges that you yeah. have, and keep on moving forward. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I I find a person like you, which is difficult for a personality like mine to be like, uh, quite fascinating <laughs> because, you know, the, the energy is very high and it, and it wants people to hire you. Because I've seen a lot of people who are very, very talented who don't get callbacks. And one of the reasons why Mm -hmm. is people just get a weird feeling off of them or they don't like them very much or they want somebody a little more friendly when they're hanging out with them like for 12-hour days. Yeah. Do you think about that before you go in for an interview?
2: Well, it's it's interesting because I do commercial work as well. And, um, you know, I, I really enjoy the commercial side as well. But my biggest gripe with the commercial side is it's so like you're in and out and I feel like I do much better going into you know film auditions because I can spend time with the casting director. I can talk to them, you know, I can get to know them and show some of my personality. Commercial work, you go in, you do this, and then you're gone, and the next person's in. You know, it's it's very just. Right. They're looking for a look. They're looking for an immediate type. There's no connection, you know. And mm-hmm. it, it, you know, like I, I've I've been blessed with some commercial work as well, but it's just it's such a different game. And it, yeah. Definitely the film side I like a lot more because you get to, you know, use your personality and, and meet people and talk to people. Right.
1: Right. Well growing up growing up in Hollywood, I always saw the commercials as a great cash grab. It was a great way to, you know, facilitate your ability to make movies. Mm-hmm. Do you do you find do you find commercials to be the same way as the ability to pay the bills and to move forward and, and do the thing you love to do, or do you see that oh, as yeah. the same yeah. as the village you're in?
2: No, commercials are great. Um, you know, if I could make a, just a living off of doing commercials all day, it'd be wonderful, but there's one thing you're going to learn from doing commercial work is you need to grow thick skin cause you are going to get rejected a lot. You know, there's, there's a lot of auditions. There's a lot of people going in for it. And, you know, when you don't have that opportunity to really give your personality, it's all based on what you can give in that moment. So, you know, you, you, you get turned down a lot and, uh, you know, I've, I don't have a, problem with that. You know, I have a very thick skin. You could tell me all day long, you know, that it wasn't that you didn't like anything about me. It doesn't bother me at all. So, right. you know, if you don't have a thick skin, though, that commercial industry side is going to just eat you up because it's it's tough.
1: You know, Robin, that's, that's the only thing that ever upsets me about about this, this particular industry is when people are upset by being turned down as if somehow they're shocked. You know, when you watch yeah. the show Lost and by the fifth season, if you're scared by the smoke monster, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, it's been going for five seasons, man. Why are you so surprised? <laughs> and when you work in Hollywood and you're turned down, why are you surprised? Isn't this, why are you this surprised? Yep. Isn't this why are you you know, something I tell my sister all the time, why are you surprised by expected behavior? Of course they're gonna turn you down. There's there's a million you's. But if you keep exactly. a positive attitude, of, you know, you know how it works. Yeah. So, Eventually it'll so, pay off. So it Right? Now if I was going into commercial and I'm Robin. I want to go in for a commercial shoot. I'm going to try out for this commercial. I'm going to I'm seeing a talent agent. I'm seeing everybody here. What should be my attitude?
2: It's just to always stay positive and happy. I mean, that's what they're definitely looking for. You know, you always have to remember it's it, in commercial world this is my my big difference. In the commercial you're there to sell the product and in the film side you're there to sell yourself. You know. So uh. they're looking for the person that best fits selling their product. So you always need to be happy, positive and just, you know, smiling face and a good time you know they're there for they're looking for that energy that immediate energy and that person that can just you know that they think is best representative of their product when you go in for film you're like this is me you want me you know and you get a chance to sell yourself
1: it seems almost like commercials are are you you'll be more quickly judged than you would for some part
2: oh yeah yeah you're judged in probably about the first you know five seconds you're there five to ten seconds as soon as you start talking they're deciding if they how they feel about you right then and there yeah it's right. i mean i've been on commercial auditions that i was there for you know less than less than 10 seconds you know it's just wow. you're in and out they're so like come in read this goodbye next you know very few do i actually get a chance to really you know like shine shine and then you really don't even get to deal with the people making the decisions until you get your call back you know right. your initial thing with commercials is just for some guy with a camera who's like okay go all right, you're done, and then you hope for the callback because then you can hopefully give a little more of yourself to the actual casting director who will be there by that point.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, as I kind of see it as dating, whereas, you know, it's not the girl's fault, you're just not the right person for them, but I can see how exactly. an actor can see that as as a bash. You know, my the unfortunate thing I see in, like, writing is I've met several people who've written solid books, and they don't want to publish it because they think publishing is the way it used to be. And when I look at mm-hmm. filmmaking and when I, when I look at acting and, and, and uh when I look at commercial shoots and what have you, I see it as the same thing. You're gonna be turned down a lot more than you're gonna be accepted. But once you're accepted, that, that's such more of a benefit. And to oh, get bad attitude, I mean you like. ha right. so, so so are you doing more commercial work now? Is more commercial work coming in your lap?
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely get uh, a lot more commercial auditions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm represented commercially, which is wonderful. Uh, theatrically, I still don't have representation. It's been quite the run trying to get that going, but you know, it's a, it's a tough gig to get that. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of theatrical agents out there. I wouldn't say there's a lot of ones that are worth my time at this point. Um, you know, because there's still a lot of auditions I can get myself, and until I can get you know somebody who I feel is you know, reputable and can actually benefit and help my career, you know, I'm still putting the feelers out on that side. So, you know, I definitely get a lot more commercial auditions. I'm out usually about once or twice a week for commercial stuff. So.
1: Right. Well, what's interesting is most people don't even have this kind of resume and IMDb and, and, and they already have representation. So it, yeah. it's,
2: a- well, it's, it's funny because, you know, even though a lot of people that have representation that don't have much, you know, going on, but they're also not, getting out so you know i'm not gonna put my effort into i'd rather put my effort into getting my own auditions at this point than be with somebody right. who's not helping my career at all either you know there's a lot of people that are just right. sitting by waiting for you to book something and then go oh yeah you owe me 10 percent of that
1: right which yeah. is which is insane by the way yeah oh yeah that's insane yeah, so 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 are you actually looking for an agent but as, as looking at your imdb i if, i think that you don't really need one right now necessarily until one wants a, wants to jump on top of you
2: yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I'd like to get some of the bigger ones. It's just, you know, from my experience and for the agents that I want, it becomes that whole, uh, you know, they're like, well, what two major TV shows have you been on? Uh, how am I supposed mm. to get those auditions if I don't have an agent yet? You know, it's that whole, you know, entry level position so five years experience required. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I, none. <laughs> so, you know, they're all looking for that person that already has experience where how do you get the experience if you can't get the bigger auditions yet? So, you know, it's kind of right. stuck in that me- middle ground
1: right now. Right. It's interesting. Directors used to have that same problem. So they went through music videos and what have you in order to, to go into the big, like Antoine Foucault, uh, who, who directed Training Day and what have you. And he directed music mm-hmm. videos before he ever did movies. So he had, he had to go mm-hmm. through the medium through a different angle in order to get there. So I see a lot of actors doing a lot of commercials in order to get into films, and in order to get into this. So it's it's, uh, it's an interesting play. It's, it's a little different than it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. Where well, you can go from yeah. shows, commercials to movies, and back and forth.
2: And that goes back to that whole, you know, don't burn bridges, because you don't know who is going to just, you know, make that transition tomorrow. I just did uh, my first music video uh, for one of my dear friends, and, um, you know, the director of that, he he was absolutely wonderful. And it's just one of those things where who who knows, you know, like tomorrow he could get a huge film and call me back or, or, you know, doing a commercial. You go in, you make everybody happy, you have a good time because one of those guys could, you know, just get a big film and go, let me call him back because we had such a great time working with him. You just you just don't know. You know, it's, it's that kind of industry. You know, somebody's nobody yesterday and there's somebody tomorrow.
1: Right. I remember yeah. I was working on a, in a uh, photo shoot for, uh, for a, a wedding mag- magazine and two women didn't show up and the, the directors told me, do you know any pretty women? I went, absolutely. And I gave gave a couple people people a call, and they didn't believe me almost. It was a $3,000 day to wear wedding dresses and take photographs, and they almost did not believe the thing I was telling them. They're like, well, I'm busy right now. I'm like, it's $3,000 to stand here for five hours. Are you serious? Yeah. But, you know. Oh, sorry. I was.
2: Just no. not, not to interrupt, but it's just you know I've, I've worked uh, you know restaurants out here the whole time, and you know that's the kind of the job you get into when you move out here. And I've seen so many quote unquote actors that just it, it, there's a lot of people that like to talk about it but don't do it. And that's I'd like to say that that's surprising to me, but one of my biggest things is people are like, oh, you know it's a tough industry to get into because there's so many actors out there all trying to do the same thing. And i and in my head, having seen it. There's a lot of people talking about doing it, but there's not a lot of people doing it. Right. If that makes sense. Right. There, the work oh, it ethic totally is very sense. low. Yeah. It, it, the, there's so much, like, just bottom level work ethic of, like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to make it somehow. I guess, you know, I'll just show up one day and then I'll be a big star and that's it. And I don't have to try very hard. Oh. There's a lot of that. I've seen a lot of people pack Ooh. their bags and have to go home because they just can't, you know, they can't
1: handle it. I've seen people pack their bags and go home after making a movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's insane. What what are you Mm -hmm. doing? Oh, it's never going to work out. Now with that attitude, it's not.
2: Exactly. And there's a lot of that self-defeatist attitude, you know. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, you got a chance to do another comedy, which is Dear Diary Flipped Out. What was that experience like? Like
2: Uh, That was with a wonderful friend of mine, uh, Alt, who, you know, she called me in uh, for that. Uh, another, I can't name each and I can't even remember anymore. I got so many, I'm trying to remember everybody's connections at this point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was just a um, nice, fun video short that I did. Uh, she's such a great person. Um, always been a big supporter of mine as well, and we finally got to work together on that. Uh, met a wonderful man named Ron Bush, who's a who's the writer director on that one. Just you know, more good people all around. Nice.
1: And this is more about a, a man in in the world. Uh, all men yeah. want to get laid. They want to find the hard yeah. one when it comes between Chrissy and her Apple iPhone, which which is actually more of a modern <laughs> tale of love.
2: Yes, exactly. That's a, yeah, we had a lot of fun on that one. That. Yeah, yep. That's a scary. That
1: reminds me of a lot of her. Where you know, it's a scary world where your your dates are no longer looking at their watch; they're looking at their iPhones. So yeah. That's your true sign yeah. of like somebody not into you.
2: Oh gosh, I see that every day <laughs> in my life.
1: <laughs> right. See, see. She, so you went to this, and you went to Naked Zombie Girl. And we had Ricky Bird on recently to talk about Naked Zombie Girl. And I'm also very proud of him to be at the, at the Chinese theater and to be showing at all these horror fests. It was really fantastic to see that thing come to fruition. He played uh, Dead Harry Cooper in, mm-hmm. in that short film. So Tell me about your experience on Naked Zombie Girl, directed by uh, Ricky Bird Jr.
2: Well, first off, I want to say, you know, we were just talking about bad work ethic. You want the complete yes. opposite of that? That's Ricky Bird. Ricky Bird is the most hardworking you know, person I've ever met in my life. Uh, Ricky bird is just go, 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 go all the time. And that guy doesn't stop. I don't know how he does it. Uh, but kudos to him. Ricky bird is an inspiration for sure. And, you know, all the love in the world for Ricky bird. Um, right. naked zombie girl is a blast. Uh, you know, they, he I drove up, uh, you know, really late at night cause it was a, you know, a night shoot and he asked me to come up and do the, do the spot for him. And, drove up uh, with a buddy of mine and we came up and and you know filmed all night that was my first experience with getting uh (laughs) I'm not a I've never worn contacts in my life so they wanted me to wear white contacts that was a fun experience (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know that was that was a kind of creepy you know when you're not used to doing that uh Nick Reisinger bless his heart had to help me get those in and you know probably wasn't the most fun experience Uh, if you don't know Rick Nick Reisinger I'm sure you do he's Worked on so many yes. of the films um, as well, doing the makeup for everybody. Uh, such a talent, and Nick
1: Reisinger. Nick, Nick Reisinger's done a lot. He's been on the show. And he's also done a lot of our films that are coming out very soon. He's a great makeup artist. So he's sticking these white cubes into your eyeballs.
0: Oh God! And you know,
2: I don't know if you've ever dealt with you know contacts like that, but they're huge. So not only is yes. it my first experience trying to get contacts in my eyes, but these things are massive. <laughs> trying to shove them in there, but eventually it worked out and it looked so great. Um, it's one of my favorite clips to watch of myself is uh, coming over the hood of the car and, you know, uh, climbing up on a window because everything just looks so good. The lighting was great. The the scenery was wonderful. The makeup was so great. Uh, It's just, uh, ah, it gives me chills to watch that one. I love it.
1: That's awesome. When I saw saw the Chinese uh, theater, I was, and that is incredible to me, where you have that audience there, people are there to watch you, uh, you have the makeup there. How did it feel to be part of something like that? That, you know, a lot of our dreams are coming true, whereas the Lackey played at Quentin Tarantino's Theater over there, which is, you know, something you definitely desire, especially since now that they transferred all the film and all of the digital. So if we didn't mm-hmm. release the Lackey now, we couldn't do it at Quentin Tarantino's Theater. And then we showed yeah. uh, Nick a Zombie Girl at, at at the Man's Theater, Chinese Man's Theater in, in Hollywood there on Sunset. Were you there for that grand opening or for that red, red I was, carpet?
2: I was not at the Man's Chinese Theater when I actually had to film that day, and um, it was wow. just bad timing. I didn't get to go to that one. Yeah. I was very, very, very sad about it because um, a lot of those people I haven't seen in so long, like D. T. Carney, you know, who I, I would yeah. love to have uh, run into because it's been, you know, been so long since I've seen them. Uh, but sure. yeah, unfortunately, I did not get to go to that one. And what a opportunity to see to see that on such a great screen. So oh, that was great. definitely a missed missed moment yeah. in life.
1: Well when's the first time you did see it? Which which theater which which um red carpet did you actually be able to see your film?
2: I was the naked zombie girl. The first time I saw it was the
1: uh was it the um what is it, the uh, the, the film festival the horror the, fest?
2: um which one was it?
1: It was a horror fest, wasn't it?
2: Yes, yes. Yes. That was the first, so what'd you first think? time.
1: When you saw it, what did oh, you
2: think? Oh, it's so great! It's that nice, you know. That throwback style that was just—it was—it was done so well to what Ricky's vision was. It was, you know, spot on. I feel like to what he had even pitched at the beginning of what he was looking for, he did it so well and just nailed it. You know, it was, it, and that's the thing. It just goes back to Ricky's work ethic. It's—it's it's so, you know, inspirational to see him.
1: Yes. You know,
2: because people will tell you like, this is the vision for the film, and. You know, sometimes, you know, it's a, it usually shows up around that area. You know, you, you get within the parameters there, but Ricky nailed it. It was exactly what he described to me, and, I, you know, I'm just so proud of him for that, and I, I hope it becomes, you know, I know that there's talk about making it a, a full length, so I really hope that that yes. works out for him.
1: Well, he told me about Naked Zombie Girl back when I went to go see Phase 2, and I was very, very happy to hear that news. Um, he is an incredibly hard worker. When, when he worked on the Lackey, he... He would not only acted. He not only did locations. He busted his his hum for everything that people needed. Um It's very hard to find, right? right? It's very hard to find people that are like that, but also skilled at what they do. It's, it's easy to find people that are sycophantic. It's easy to find people who, who desire things. It's easy easy to find people who have a, a, a modicum amount of work ethic, but it's difficult to find people who have all those qualities. Well, maybe that seems fantastic, but have all the qualities and have the ability to actually be a good person and work extremely hard in their field and be good at it, and that's what I find about Ricky Bird.
2: Yeah, he, he's such a such a rare, amazing talent. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just inspiring all up and down. I mean, all of those guys are, cool. you know, Sean, you know, such a hard worker. Jason, such a hard worker. It, it's it's great being surrounded by
1: such carny you all. Know, those guys great
2: guys. All of them. Just when you're surrounded by such, you know, amazing, hardworking people, it's, it's infectious. You know, you just keep pushing as well.
1: Didn't I see you in a picture with Lauren Parkinson recently that you're doing a project together.
2: Uh, we're not doing a project together, but she has. Um, uh, I do a full, um, a full-time improv show now every Tuesday nights, and she's one of the most, you know, honest, amazing supporters what? of my entire life and my career. Yeah, so she comes out uh, to my shows every Tuesday and
1: sits in the we're front row and has Tuesday. a great
2: time. <laughs> Uh, Hold on, place it's complex? oh sorry. Hold One on, more let's, time, let's stop
1: this conversation right now. Let's <laughs> put the brakes on. Okay, you you have your own show. Tell me about this, please. We want everybody to go.
2: <laughs> well, it's a it is an improv show. I have an ensemble cast. Uh, it's called Yeah, and uh, we perform every Tuesday night at uh, the Straight Jacket Society um, on Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, I could look up the exact address. I don't know off the top of my head right this second, uh, but we go on at eight um, o'clock. Yep, it was a. Uh, this is the most fulfilling improv team I've been a part of. This is. There's such amazing people. Um, when I was talking about uh, my coach uh, Brian O'Connell, he had a vision of putting together a team. Um, he wanted a year's worth of commitment of practice before we had our first show, and we did that. And we had our first show uh, the end of December, and it was so well received that we got a, picked up for a full-time slot um, after that first show, and we've been. Right. Yeah, performing, and we have a yeah full time running show yeah. now, and yeah, she's come out to you know all but one of the shows so far, and uh, sits in the front oh. row and is just such a great supporter. Yeah,
1: she, you know she's such a great girl. I I I love I love her acting. I love her personality. Uh, she's a great gal. Such a great gal. Yeah, yeah. So your uh, group is called you know, Yeah, we, and it's, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, oh yeah, no, just agreeing. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can go on about Lauren Parkinson all night long. I have zero problems about that, by the way, because uh, she's the one who shows up to the red carpet. She's the one who always has a smile on her face. She's the one looking beautiful. Uh, when I have to beg other people to show up, she just she just yeah. shows up. She's very friendly, you know. She has her laugh, which I love to death. Uh, by the way, she has. Have you ever heard Lauren Parkinson laugh? By the way, boys and girls. Uh, our great audience who's listening today, she has to me. She has one of the funniest laughs, one of the greatest laughs, because she's original, and it's it's obviously authentic, and she, and she just bursts out in laughter. I mean, you should hear me laugh. I sound like a penguin dying. <laughs> but but I, I I love that girl. She she's incredibly friendly and a great worker and a great actress and she works very hard. I. I very much admire her, but let's go back to that. So your group is called Yeah. And it's Correct. called Straight Jacket Society. And you play mm-hmm. Tuesday nights. No. Tuesday now, nights at what, eight o'clock. What club is it? Tuesday nights. at Eight PM. And and what club is this in? Uh well it, it's
0: it's the,
2: the place is called the Straight Jacket Society. That that's um the oh, club. Okay. Um I can get you the I can get you the address if you want to know it as well. Oh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. It. We'll, okay, okay, perfect. Yeah. Um so, but yeah, no, it's a great it's uh, free to come in. It's a uh, BYOB. They just it's all donation based. Um and it's yeah, it's a good time. We've been packing uh, the house, so if you come in, come early. Uh or otherwise just become standing room because yeah, we've been filling up before eight o'clock every week. So yeah.
1: Nice. How's it
2: been like? Oh it's been great. Uh been so well received. Uh there's actually it's it's four teams that go up every Tuesday, so we're the first slot and then there's three after us. It goes on for about uh, about an hour and a half. Um, each team gets about 20, 25 minutes, depending on, you know, how it's going. And, uh, yeah, it's just such a fun night. And it's another one just surrounded by such great people. Keep seeing the same people showing up every week and just so supportive. And it's, yeah, just growing bigger and bigger that, sh- that week. So,
1: yeah. That must be incredibly fulfilling.
0: Oh,
2: I love it. You know, and, uh, you know, I've been on a handful of improv teams in my life. And uh, this is definitely, you know, up there with the best. And, uh, you know, I had talked earlier about Mark from Phase 2 and how we used to have a show that would be, you know, my second favorite show I've ever been a part of. We used to do a two-man show, just him and I, um, you know, talk about stress and, uh, you know, doing improv for a half an hour with just two people. But uh, that was, yeah, there's just no better feeling. Think,
1: uh, tell me about that experience because, you know, I, I didn't know that you, you and Mark knew each other before that, but you guys did a two-man show very much like uh, like in the old days where... People did two man mm. shows. Was this improv the entire time? Non non script. Improv the
2: entire time. Yep, non scripted. Mark and I had met at um, uh, iOS. We had been in some classes together, and um, the the gentleman who ran iOS, James Grace, uh, he was our teacher at the time, and he had recognized us and goes, you know, you guys have great chemistry. You should do a two man show. And at the time, it was super intimidating, and you know, we were still y- young. And he was like, I'm going to help you guys get a coach and everything, and you should get this going. And he was 100% right. You know, we did our two-man show. Um, I had the same coach then for that two-man show. That's my coach now, uh, Brian O'Connell. And, uh,
0: man, it was
2: uh, such a great experience. Him and I, we just it always clicked. And we did a lot of shows together. Um, unfortunately, he has... You know, a full. I guess not. Unfortunately, good for him. He's mm-hmm. married. And he has three kids, and he he lives pretty mm-hmm. far away. So it just got to be a lot having to come out every week. You know, with his kids and everything. But when Sean was casting for that role, he had asked me. You know, do you know anybody who you know has a French accent and can act and all that? And it, it didn't click to me. But my roommate had. He brought it up. He goes, you know, Mark always does this French accent on stage. I was like, yeah, he does. Like he just comes out of him. He would just do it. It would be you know in his bag of things that he would do. And it, it, it always made me laugh, and you know, I, I got them talking, and he had him, uh, Sean had him, send in an audition, and loved it, and picked him up. Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice.
2: Let <laughs> <You laughs> me <may laughs>
1: ask you this, are you looking forward to using your improv knowledge in your future acting career?
2: Oh yeah, I mean there's no you know there's no shortage of of when that comes up, everybody, especially more and more and more in this town, people are looking on your resume for improv experience. you know, I feel fortunate that I got in on it early, so I have a long history of it uh, oh, right. but it's just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, and people want it more and more and more, it seems like you know it's it's right. just like any audition it'll be like you know improv experience required, improv experience required yada yada, so yeah, now everybody's <laughs> jumping on. And that's why schools well, the like you know, UCB are blown up.
1: <laughs> well, the, the project I want to get to was uh, Brick Madness. And that that's something that comes, that's coming out very soon, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, it's that was with, um, that's with uh, Justin McAleese, who, once again, uh, from Phase 2, uh, all the way back to those days, he was the cameraman on there. And, um, right. you know, he had wrote his own movie. Uh, he asked me to come on to that. Um, that was very... Very much fun. Uh, it, it's a it's a Lego movie, which uh, well, I guess I don't know if I should say Lego. It's a it's a movie about <laughs> building blocks <laughs> that right. you know get,
1: about building get blocks
2: stacked on each other. You know that that type yeah. of idea. But it, it's a mockumentary style, very much in the vein of like a Christopher Guest movie. Um, right. Yeah, and uh, we filmed that up in uh, uh, San Jose area and Fresno and you know up there and. Uh, such a great time, and that that had people from Phase Two as well. Um, like I was saying, uh, Matt Albrecht, who was in uh, Phase Two with us, was in there, and um, yeah, good time. What I, what I
1: love is your name. You no, know, I know I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple things, but your name is Cedric, which is making me laugh so hard right now. <laughs> I'm just thinking Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, they they call what? your they, you know an underdog must defeat the arrogant national bricks. Championship to to reclaim the charity and clear the name of fallen champion, and it's a mockumentary Mm -hmm. a lot like uh, you know you know looking for Guffman or or things like that. That's that's a very interesting plotline. I did I did see a little bit of it. I found it very interesting.
2: What's nice and what I really appreciated about uh, Justin's vision for it was, you know, at no point did he ever want it to feel like it's making fun of anybody, and I feel like that's what works so well in Christopher Guest movies is. It's very real, you know. No matter what the subject matter is, it's always very real to that world, and you're never making fun of anyone. And uh, he did such a great job with that, and making sure that everything stayed grounded and made sense,
1: right. you know. Right. Now he wasn't in the film, but, uh, or was he in the film as well? Did he act in it as well? He, so they yes, wrote it. yes.
2: just. Yep. He he does appear in it as well. Um, him and his brother Ian. Yeah, they're both in it.
1: Nice.
2: Uh, one thing that. I found uh, just hilarious. Um, If you've seen the, have you seen the Lego movie? I have. Okay. uh, You know, when it cuts to the live action stuff with Will Ferrell. Uh Uh-huh. The young kid who plays his son is actually in our movie as well.
1: Really? He's in, yeah, he's
2: in break madness. (laughs) Yeah. And that blew my mind. I remember I was sitting in the, I had no idea. And I'm sitting in the theater and I'm watching it. And I was like, Oh, that kid looks familiar. Uh and then it clicked. I was like, "Oh, wow! Like, what a <laughs> that was just completely random." But yeah, he he plays uh the son of Will Ferrell and that. But he's in our movie as well. That is awesome.
1: That is yeah, totally awesome.
2: Completely random. Actually, I'm looking at the kids IMDb right now. It's the thing at the top. So, is Break Madness on there? But yeah, you know, you've, done,
1: you've done you so many career. things. Your, your career is just just jumping off the rails. And we can talk. We can literally talk to you for hours. But Let me ask you a very simple question. If I'm living in Nevada right now, and I I, I don't know how to do this, I I don't know how to be an actor, but I want it really bad, what advice can you give me on how to do your craft? What you do, and also keep the attitude you keep, which is incredibly important, by the way.
2: Uh, You know, first off, surround yourself with great people. Um, One thing that I've just watched in this town and can't preach enough is there's a lot of people in the world, and if you're surrounding yourself with negative people, people who aren't pushing you, people that don't have work ethic, uh, find new friends because there's a lot of good people out there, and there's a lot of people that are gonna help you and they believe in you. And if you don't have those people in your life, then you're you know you're doing something wrong. And then just go for it. I mean, it's it's hard to say and it's scary, but at some point you just have to just go for it. You know, one of the, the toughest things was moving away from home and, and doing that. But at this point in my life, I'm so grateful I did. You know, and I, I don't think I could ever go back because I just, I, I love what I'm doing. I love being here. And, you know, it just took that moment of just saying you have to do it. You know, just be positive, surround yourself with positive people.
1: Would that help if I surround myself around people that have like minds in me, that have positive attitudes in life? Will that help me uh, at least in this industry, because LA is a very, a very strong place. I mean, it can destroy even the strongest people in the universe. But mm-hmm. if I keep a good attitude, keep a good, keep good company, that's going to help me along the road.
2: Oh God, yes. I mean, I, I've been so fortunate with the people that I've got to meet, and the, you know, like I said, most of my IMDb comes from all the same people. But it's just people that believe in me, and people that have been so supportive, and you know, that stay positive and keep that work ethic. And, you know, it's hard when you see that to not want to just be part of it. You know, when you see Ricky Bird trying so hard and you're like, well, I want to be working as hard as him or I want to be working as hard as Jason. You know, Sean's working every day. Like, how come I'm not working every day? You know, I got to push more so I can be working as much as Champion Genino is. You know, it, it. you just keep pushing yourselves. You know, it's like – a huge inspiration to me is Guy Grundy. You know, he's that guy who same thing. He just he took a chance and just went for it. And you can't help but just be motivated by that. You see him, and you're just like, why can't I do that right. too? I'm going to do that too. And then you just keep you just work harder and harder.
1: That's awesome. It's really weird because I hear you saying things that to other people are competitive notions. Uh, I see them. I see this, and I see this, and I want what they want. I want what they have. But what I hear from you is almost the complete opposite. I, I see these people, and I'm inspired by them to do what, what I want to do or what I need to do, which is actually quite different than a normal human being who actually more or less wants things from other people.
2: Well, it's it's different in my I mean, I've always looked at it like I'm not jealous of, you know, Sean's success. I want all of us to have that kind of success, you know? I, I want all my friends to all be successful at the same time, you know? So we should all be pushing for it so that – at some point, we are all there together. You know, that's that's yeah. my idea of a, a great life. I would love all the people I'm surrounded by to be as successful as we all can be together. You know, I,
0: right.
2: what's the point of being successful by yourself? I don't know. I don't. I've never got that. I'm not a selfish <laughs> person like that. I want all of us to rise to the top together. Would be, you know, my ideal world.
1: Right, right. That is a great attitude. We we, we can't. Thank you so much for being on the show. We can't, we couldn't wait to have you on the show. We can't wait to see what else you're going to do in the future. Uh, Brick Madness is something that's going to come out very, very soon. But also we have uh, your group, Yeah! on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, at the Street Jacket Society. Uh, we can't wait to see that as well. When I come out to LA, I, I, I want to come out with Lauren and come see you. And thank you, Lauren, oh, for coming you. and showing, because I, I would never have seen that you were part of that group if, if Lauren didn't actually post a picture of it. It was pretty awesome.
2: I'm really bad about self-promoting. That's one thing that I have to get better at, and I'm working on. Uh, yeah, you
1: know, other people are promoting for you, you so, <laughs> thank, so, so, thanks
2: so thanks to them so much because I'm just not good at it.
1: <laughs> so tell me, Robin, we, we want to be able to reach you today. We want to we want to reach you and, and tell you how we love this interview and how we want to see more stuff from you. How can how can we get in contact with you through Facebook, through Twitter, through Instagram, through
2: Facebook and Instagram. uh, I think I missed the Twitter uh, train a little too early, um, so I kind of just gave up on that one. But definitely Facebook and uh, Instagram. Please, I would love to talk to anybody that wants to ask me any questions, any advice I can give. Please find me on there and ask away. I'm you know always willing to talk and and love to meet new people. So, yeah, nice. People meeting is is my thing. My life.
1: if I'm an actor out there in Hollywood and I want to join your group or at least try out for it or, or see you out there and see what I can do, uh, how can I try out for that group out there for the Street Jacket Society? Is it an open group or is it is it a closed group? Or tell me. Um,
2: this group, unfortunately, is closed off, but I could definitely mm-hmm. give you advice on where to go and how to get started and, you know, how to get more involved. I'd be more than happy. You know, I've uh, more recently had to, you know, I've been helping a, a friend of mine currently through a lot of that and it's. It's very fulfilling to me to, to see and help and, you know, give the advice I can and where to get started and, you know, what's been the most successful for me. So, uh, yeah, any questions, awesome. please, 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 um, always here to talk to, so.
1: Well, we can't wait to see you in more things. Coming from the lackey to Phase 2 to Spook to, uh, you know, Blackwater Vampire, the Deer Diary, the Naked Zombie Girl, and going off also some things that we didn't talk about, which is Day of the Dummy. Day of the Mummy, Day of the Dummy, that's my life, <laughs> Day of the Mummy, <laughs> I'm talking about myself here, right, Day of the Mummy, uh, Spare Change, do <laughs> Free the Movie, and then Brick Madness, that's coming out very, very soon, and then of course, listen, guys, you're, you're in Hollywood out there, boys and girls, you're out there in LA, you got nothing to do on a Tuesday night, you know you don't, go, Tuesday nights at 8pm, go to Jacket Society, go see, yeah, go see, yep. go see Robin Stefan and see how this personality works, it's fantastic, Thank you, Rob, for being early. on the show today. And show up early and show up for some beer for yes. him, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i mean. Before that. I let yeah. you go, let me, let me ask you a question. Where, where do you see your career in, in 10 years?
2: You know, as long as I'm happy, uh, that, that's all I really, you know, care for. I, I just hope it keeps climbing. But, you know, as long as I can just keep smiling and keep going, I, I'm happy now. So all I can do is go up from right. here, I feel like, you know. Uh,
1: you know,
2: to me, it can just get better.
1: I so, cannot you know. imagine the the world not giving you everything you want, especially with the attitude and personality that you have. Robin, thank you so much right. for being on the show today. We, we greatly appreciate it. We greatly we we much forward look, look forward to your to your uh, your career boosting up.
2: Well, thank you so much. I very much appreciate it, and I'm glad we finally got to have this opportunity. Um, you know, it hasn't worked out a couple other times, so I'm glad that we finally got to you know nail it down. So very appreciated,
1: and thank you for the support, always. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much, and we look forward to seeing your shows. All right, brother. Robin, thank have yourself a great weekend. That's Robin Steffen. All right, boys and girls, that was a that was a fantastic show, but I have a special guest for you today. We have the fantastic, we have the amazing Sean Paul Piccinino on the
0: line right here.
1: Hello, Sean Paul Piccinino.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Very good. You've been up all night long making the trailer for the new series coming out on YouTube from Bad in the Sun and Truly in the Studios called Six Feet Down Under, uh starring uh, our greatest guy, Guy Grundy. I'm a surprise you're awake right now. Uh
0: yeah, I'm I'm pretty exhausted. I'm probably gonna have to take a nap uh at some point today. But yeah, I couldn't uh I didn't want to miss the show and, and uh we've gotta launch the trailer. Um I've got one little couple little tweaks that I'm doing, and then we're going to launch here today, uh, release the trailer.
1: Nice. So the trailer for Six Feet Down Under, directed by Sean Paul Piccinino, and starring Guy Grundy, also with, with with. Uh, please, give us a couple more names who are, who's in the show.
0: Uh, we've got Vernon Wells, obviously Aaron Shrinka uh, uh, is in it. Um, uh, all Everybody's just so fantastic. We've got Anthony Apello, Um, who is just killing it as his uh, character, Vinny. Um, Nice. And uh, yeah, we've just got tons of people with stunt crew. We've got Lee McDermott, who's our, uh, our fight and stunt coordinator. Um, And he's also, you know, he's a jack of all trades. So he's helping us with everything. And, but he's also in the show. Um, And we're going to utilize him uh, a lot playing various bad guys. And uh, uh, obviously for his amazing stunt prowess. So, um, but yeah, we just got the whole stunt team is amazing. You got Andre, you've got, uh, um, oh my gosh, uh, you know, just everybody, Lucas, to um, you know, just the whole crew. A- everybody is amazing.
1: We also we also have Bat in the Sun that that's uh, also a part of this project as well, right? Yeah, Bat in
0: the Sun, amazing. Aaron Shrinka is the, the head of that company along with his father uh, Sean Shrinka, and they are. You know, if if people haven't been to the Bat in the Sun YouTube channel, you should definitely go there. They have amazing content. They produce the show um, Superpower Beatdown, which I'm honored to be a part of as well, because I do stunt coordination and second unit direction on that show. Um, and uh, you know, that show. Now, Sean, Superpower the be- Superpower Beatdown is
1: the one where we just did uh, Batman vs. Darth Vader, right?
0: Yeah, the Batman versus Darth Vader episode is insanely awesome. I mean, I I suggest everybody go and check that out. Um, as soon as you can, if you haven't already, it's a totally kick-ass show. Uh, and that episode in particular is is unbelievable. It's like, uh, you know, I, I think it's already somewhere like four or five million views. Um, and wow. it's only been out for a little bit. So, yeah, it's amazing.
1: Nice. Well, you know, I saw I saw the trailer or the trailer mix that we have so far. Guy Grundy is doing a brilliant job with acting. I, I'm, I'm very happy with that as well. Uh, how did you How did you feel about his acting in this first episode?
0: I think it's uh, it's uh, you know I've known Grundy for most of his career. Uh, you know, he he claims that I uh, gave him his first break <laughs> uh, on the show Deadliest Warrior. So I've seen him evolve from the beginning. I got to say, he has really really been sharpening that sword uh his his acting of chops have come uh not that he was ever not great because there's always been that it factor about Guy Grundy but he's really truly evolved as an actor. He's he understands the subtleties of playing certain nuances and, and uh yeah I couldn't be more pleased with his performance in this.
1: Nice. And, and we were able to get Vernon Wells for this for this episode as well.
0: Yeah, Vernon Wells well he'll be he'll be throughout the series uh um playing Mason. Wow. Uh, who is kind of the, the, uh, you know, the mob boss, uh, so to speak. And he's, uh, such an amazing, iconic actor. Uh, we always jump at the chance to get to work with him. Uh, you know, anytime we can get him on board with the project, uh, we, we just, we don't even hesitate. It's just, he's on. So, uh, you know, people recognize him from commando and, and, and Mad Max, uh, and, uh, you know, all his different roles up years and weird science and uh, even Power Rangers. I mean, the guy's done it all. Sure. So, uh, you know, it's always awesome to have him on board. He's so professional. He inspires us all uh, to be better uh, with all of our performances. So, yeah, it's just. It's it's awesome having him on board. Now,
1: boys and girls, you know, out there in the audience world, I mean, we were just talking about, you know, uh, Robin Steffen, and we are talking about Sean Paul Piccinino, we are talking about Ricky Burb and we are talking about hard workers and people with ethics and morals and what have you. Sean Paul Piccinino has a beautiful wife, two beautiful children. He's got a mortgage. This guy works incredibly hard all week long. Last night he's doing the trailer up until 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm done. I'm going to sleep. That's craziness to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, well, when we, got, we all got to do it. How-
0: and right. Speaking of Robin, that was a great, great interview with Robin, and uh, you know we've got to work him into uh, six feet down under for sure. Oh, and, uh, that's exactly. What and I mean. then also, yeah, and and also uh, with uh, Ricky Bird, we're going to have him uh, come in and guest direct on an episode because uh, we love him and want him involved, and I'm sure we'll find a character for him to play as well. Um, yes. So I'm just really happy to have all these fantastic people
1: involved. You know, you know what was very interesting about the shoe was. All people involved the Six Feet Down Under were incredibly nice, and that's incredibly hard to find for, like, because I'm supposing what you want to do is, what, a 10-part YouTube web series? Am I correct on that one? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, the first, obviously the first season, so to speak, which is what it is, right. uh, we'll do, we're doing 10 episodes, and they'll all be roughly 10 minutes long, and at the end you'll have, you know, the overall story, uh, which you know, we're exploring our options of distribution and, and what we'll do at the end of that season. We can release it all obviously as a complete season, but we might also toy with the idea of tweaking some of the edits and, and making it a, a feature film. Uh but we do have plans to go beyond the first season. The the overall story arc does extend uh you know, past that. So obviously the goal would be to roll into a season two and and uh you know, we have several tiers of goals with this thing in mind, but uh, you know, one of those being landing on Hulu or Crackle or Netflix even, uh, and just doing this series uh for as many seasons as we can.
1: Right. Uh, let me ask you a question. What what inspired Six Feet Down Under? The the titles the titles is is, is it just tr- brings me straight to Australia and it brings me straight to death as well. Because Six Feet Under and Six Feet Down Under, both of them make two different, you know. Senses there. Tell me, tell me if you can, as much about the show as possible.
0: Well, I think the show was born out of uh, you know a lot of creative people wanting to create something really cool. And uh, Guy Grundy initially came up with the idea, um, and we brainstorm We all brainstormed titles and then settled on that one. But h- the original story came from Guy, and he really wanted to have certain elements uh, happening in the show, um, and you know, and then yourself and I kind of figured out how to utilize those elements into a storyline and then going back and forth with Guy, uh, you know, kind of whittled, whittled down where, where the story is going to go in this first season. And uh, so it's really just born out of, you know, a certainly life experience with Guy. He's lived a very colorful and amazing life and has done, you know, from being, you know, a, a champion bodybuilder, two-time Mr. Australia, to a cage fighter in Japan, to collecting money for uh, uh big wigs here in the states and uh sure you know running security for for huge nightclubs and so he's just got this vast variety of life experience that we obviously when tooling uh these storylines we just pulled straight from from him because he's got all these stories he can tell us and and uh he's got the scars to pr- back him up too so uh you know so a lot of a lot of the inspiration comes from his life and then going obviously taking it to a whole other level uh with hitman and assassins and espionage and back, you know, backstabbing and uh <laughs> it's a uh you know, a very cool uh cool and fun so premise th- to be able to play with.
1: So for this show we're going into the criminal underground.
0: Yeah, criminal underground and uh uh you know, it goes extends even beyond that to you know, to government, to to private investigators to, like I said, there's espionage and, uh, you know, some good examples and you and I were discussing early on and and with Guy as well. It's having that tone and that vibe from, you know, something from like the Luc Besson era, like the professional or Le Femme Nikita, the original. And, uh, and then, you know, combining that with like Jason Bourne and, uh, and, and moving into even, uh, um, you know other territories like like uh, like the Departed and and uh, you know Infernal Affairs as the originals were.
1: Yes, wow, that's fascinating. So you, so you you already filmed the first episode. Uh, you're getting ready for the second episode. I understand you're writing that right now. So for the first episode right now, it's already in the can, and, and you're just finishing up the trailer. What can we expect to see the trailer? And by the way, boys and girls, you can see a, a mock trailer right now on uh, Truly in these Studios. Uh, Facebook as well as um, I believe their Instagram as well as their webpage. So go check out the trailer for Six Feet Down Under. We have a new tra- trailer. Oh yeah, Can that's you tell the, us that's when the you, opening. When you expect for it to be on?
0: Well, the new trailer. will oh, that's the opening. Right,
1: that's the uh, opening to the show, right?
0: Right. Yeah, that's the opening credits. There's obviously. Uh, that was just the initial one done. There's going to be some tweaks. We shortened it a little bit and added more names <laughs> to the list. Sure, sure. So there's more people uh, who helped us finish the first episode, so we've got new credits to add to it. And then uh, we're going to shorten it down just a little bit uh, for its overall length. And that will be the, the show opener for the show. And then the trailer will will launch um, later today.
1: Fantastic. Just waiting for a couple of hopefully...
0: clear issues, and then and then we'll be good.
1: And how can we find the show? Can we can we find the trailer on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on on yeah, uh, yeah, the webpage?
0: Please, everybody everybody listening, go go check out Six Feet Down Under on Facebook. If you if you type in Six Feet Down Under, you'll find it. Uh if you you know just do the Facebook dot com backslash six feet down under, that's our, our series page. We are uh currently do, working on a website as well. Um the YouTube channel uh Bat in the Sun which is, like I said, amazing channel. Everybody should go and subscribe there. There's no reason not to. It's just all fantastic content. We have uh, episodes of, of Six Feet Down Under that have 15 million-plus views. Uh, so obviously, the gentlemen at uh, Bat in the Sun are doing something right.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. So... We're we're gonna look at all the sites today. Everybody's gonna to keep on going. By the way, boys and girls, when the trailer comes on, I'll definitely post it on our websites, on, on all of our things, so you enjoy as <laughs> well. Sean, Sean Paul, you know if we want to reach you later on? How how can we get in touch with you? Because after we see this trailer, I'm pretty sure people are gonna to want to I talk, talk to you and, and have a conversation. How can we reach you or see what you're up to? Obviously,
0: Facebook is the best place, uh, and Twitter, Instagram. You can follow me on any of those. Um, And that's the best way to get uh, the updates on all of our projects. We have several uh, seemingly always happening. Uh, So, yeah, just look me up on Facebook, Sean Piccinino. Uh, Again, uh, facebook.com backslash Sean Piccinino. You'll find me or just search my name. uh, And you can find me on all of the uh, various social media.
1: So Six Feet Down Under is a series that we're looking for, uh, directed by Sean Paul Piccinino, the fantastic and the incomparable uh, Guy Grundy who's starring in this this episodic uh, show. It's going to be on most likely going to be primarily on YouTube, but we'll see where, where distribution is going to go. Uh, Sean, would you like to end with anything else to, to promote the show or to promote yourself?
0: Uh, no, that's about it. Uh, like I said, just try and find me on social media and please, please go follow the show and, uh, you won't be disappointed. Lots of fantastic people involved. It's fun action. And, uh, uh, just a blast. So I hope everybody tunes
1: in. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much for being on the show. We we greatly appreciate it and we're so looking forward to the trailer coming out today for Six Feet Down Under starring uh, uh, Guy Grundy and Sean Palpatineo directed by Sean Piccinero. So we cannot wait for that, Sean. Thank you very much for calling in today. All right. Thank you. All right, Sean. Have a great day. Well, that was fantastic. I hope you enjoyed the show today. That was a I got off to a little bit of a rough start there, uh, getting in. It was one of those, uh, you know, I haven't been on the air in maybe a month thing, but that felt great. how do you like the show? Why don't you go ahead and email me, find me on uh, on Facebook. You can find Cinema Files Radio, Cinema Files Radio on on Facebook, as well as uh, Twitter, as well as Instagram. Well, Instagram will be Steve Pizza, P-I-S-A, Steve Pizza, and you find me there. There's no reason to have something else. You can find me on Twitter, find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, find me on all those things. That was a great show, Robin Steffen. Great, great guy. I I can't tell you enough how difficult it is to find nice people who are also very skilled or talented at a young stage in their career. That's important to say. Now it's easy when you have. $18 million in the bank, and you're ready to take over the planet Earth. But when you, you know, when you're Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt is a great personality. One of the reasons why is he doesn't have to look back anymore. But Robin Stephanie, his career is just started off. So when you see all the movies, and when I say nice, I mean nice. Really nice. The guy next door nice. Uh, it goes a long way. I first met him in the Lackey, and, and I, I found his personality to be very, very affable, very friendly. And I thought to myself, I would love to use him on the next film. And then whenever we talk about films, we talk about using him every single time. Every single time. Reason why? Nice guy. Works well. Listens to instructions. Does his own thing. At the same time, respects your opinion. that's what you want from an actor. You can find him in the Lackey movie, where he plays Gerard Baptiste. You can find him in Phase 2, where he plays Eric Sampson. See him in Blackwater Vampire. You can see him in Spooked. Look at his IMDb. Next thing coming out right now is Brick Madness for him. You can see him in his group called Yeah! Tuesday Nights at 8 p.m. at Street Jacket Society. Lauren, thank you so much for posting those pictures of him and promoting them. That's fantastic. Robin Stefan, thank you very much for joining us today. We we greatly appreciate having him on there today. And for Sean Pappacinino, for him being on today, it was fantastic. Telling about Six Feet Down Under, he worked so hard on that show, directing it. Working with Tony Warren on the cinematography, working on Lee to get some of those fight scenes down, get them down. Working on Guy Grundy, teaching him how to be a producer, teaching him how to write, pro- teaching him how to do certain things is fantastic. You yeah. know, a man who can be nice, work hard with everybody, work hard with himself, work hard with his family, and still has the ability to mentor people who need a little bit of guidance in the, in the world, world of uh, Hollywood, especially for a person who's worked so hard like Sean Paul Virginia now. It's very sweet. When you see this trailer six feet down under, I want you to, I want you to see it, and I want you to enjoy it, I want you to watch it over and, over and over again, and I want you to watch the series. It's going to be a ten-part series coming out very, very, very soon. Thank you very much, for everybody, for joining us today. I like to end the show always with a little bit of inspiration, personally. Now the one thing I I, I love about being out here or being where I'm at right now is in Los Angeles what I would do is I I always look out the windows and there'd always be a sense of danger or unknowing or what's going to happen or violence in some cases. It's LA. You don't know what's going to happen. I moved away a little while ago. I'm going to move back sooner or later. But... When I moved away, it was very different. When I looked out the windows, the only thing I could see were bunnies. You see your occasional coyote. Uh, you see your occasional dog. You see your occasional cat. You see your occasional raccoon. But the number one thing I see out here are bunnies. The one thing I've come into understanding in my life is that I love bunnies. I love bunnies. When I can look out of a window and see a bunny hop by, it makes me happy. I came in today to do my radio show. You know, you're trying to bring up your mood. You're trying to bring up your attitude. You look at that bunny, you're like, I love you, bunny. I love you, bunny. Because it's one of those things of the simplicities of life. Of looking at the simple things of existence, enjoying what you have, enjoying what you know, and having love in your heart, and just going forward with it. It's so important. You're listening to Robin, you're listening to Sean Pitch, Paul Piccinino, you're, you're wondering why they're successful. They have that attitude. They have the love, love the bunny attitude of love what you have, love who you are. Love where you are. It's incredible. And you see how successful they are at it. At life. At happiness. They're winning at happiness. (laughs) So these days I'm going to call it Loving the Bunny. I hope you have a great week this week. Please go watch a movie. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your life. Go watch Six six Feet Down on the Trailer. Go watch Robin Steffen at the the Straight Jacket Society on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. And I'll see you next Sunday for another great episode of Cinema Files Radio with your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you all. Have a great, great day.